Namaste to all. So, the topic for this weekend is on leadership. Partly because the the Bhagavad Gita has a a particular definition and understanding of leadership, the concept of leadership, that is not to be missed, even though we miss it constantly, because we take it for granted. We take the lessons of the Bhagavad Gita for granted. And since the Bhagavad Gita is more famous than we are, it's very easy to take the lessons for granted because it's very universally well known. And as soon as anyone starts to talk about topics or concepts such as Karma Yoga, you know, and even before it is talked about, what happens? You know, there is a there is a certain glossing over that takes place as soon as the word karma yoga is even uttered. Because, yeah, yeah, I know. Karma yoga means what? You know, doing what you have to do and then having equanimity. And, you know, I know, I know, I know. So there is a certain way in which everybody becomes an expert on the Bhagavad Gita without really... Uh, assimilating deeply what it has to say. And so, it's important to study this definition on leadership for two reasons, I said. One is because one takes for granted the message of the Gita. And since this message is so universal and popular, uh, one feels like one already knows it. And when you have something that you feel like you already know, you know, the listening stops. Because already I know. So I can tune out, I can check out, and I'll come back when something, you know, more important is going to be talked about. I was invited to give a, a series of lectures somewhere once. I forget where, but one of these cities in the US and uh, then you know they uh, I, I arrived there and they asked me what topic are you planning to talk about and I said Bhagavad Gita perhaps Karma Yoga oh no 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 we don't want Bhagavad Gita Are? what's wrong with Bhagavad Gita it's a it's a treasure it's a treasure box of of wonderful teachings that have been culled from the Upanishads, from the Shastra. I said, no, 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 we want Mahavakya. <laughs> we want you to expound Mahavakya. And Gita doesn't have Mahavakya. Bhagavad Gita has no Mahavakya. Mahavakya means the, the kernel of the teachings that talk about the oneness of the Jiva, the Self, with Bhagavan, Ishvara. 
So since it is talking about that oneness, that is what I want. I don't want all this karma. Who wants this karma yoga, karma, karma? Forget all that. I want. We want this. And I looked at the audience. I said, you know, this is what is going to lead you to that. And I, stu- I, I stuck to my topic and started to just talk about whatever I had come there to talk about. So this is just an example of how you know one takes the message for granted. And two two things. One is whatever the Bhagavad Gita has to say, I already know. Number one and number two, it's like you know it's not as important as the Upanishad. <laughs> the Upanishad is where the cream of the 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 whole uh, Vedanta lies, and you know that's where we have to talk about Satyam and Mithya. You know, big big topics: Satyam, Mithya, what else? Mahavakya, and uh, you know things like uh, Adhyasa, Aropa, all these things. You know. superimposition and uh, what is reality the status of what is real and uh, what is absolute what is relative what is empirical all these things we should talk about and the perception is that the bhagavad gita does not address these these issues the bhagavad gita only addresses a few little things how to live one's life and the bhagavad gita makes you act it's a it's a treatise of action another misperception a frequent misperception is that it's a treatise of action and a very big misperception i already know what it has to say and therefore you know i, I am not that interested i want i want the real stuff i want the real thing which is the upanishad and the message of the bhagavad gita you know it's been oft uh, heard by by whom where did you listen to it did you go to a swami did you go to a mahatma no 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 i just learned listen i just read about it and so the the kind of a nonchalant attitude uh, you know makes uh, this makes this teaching all the more relevant right now because it's an opportunity to listen to its message uh from yet another angle from yet another you know standpoint and to see how it uh applies to my life in the in the contemporary times is is the second reason why we are focusing on this topic because these days you know whether i read the newspapers or some kind of opinion uh, or editorial or hear people talking in conversations a frequent phrase that i keep coming across is this there is a crisis of leadership globally speaking and speaking country wise you know speaking community wise this is a phrase that is very 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 common commonly heard especially these days crisis of 
leadership meaning that there is a big crisis because the leaders don't know what they are doing and that's why we are having things like you know what happened in manchester and all these terrorist attacks and these big networks and everything because it's a it's a it's a statement on ineffectual leadership many people think this that is why these things are happening and then you go you know from country to country and everywhere there seems to be some uh, way in which the the people uh, and the name in sanskrit for that is praja the subjects you know the subjects are very disappointed i mean that includes all of us we are all disappointed why because the newspaper is so depressing there is violence pestilence disease death and then certain programs have been cut some people are disappointed because their favorite programs i'm not talking of tv programs i'm talking of you know uh, state wide community based you know programs have been defunded certain other people are upset because their leader whether the, the person was nominated or elected did not do what they wanted them to do and you know so the leader is disappointing some other people are upset because the state of affairs with you know inflation and you know is uh, and and uh, violence etc is enough to get one's hope com- hopes completely deflated so this crisis of leadership is is a very uh, kind of a universally felt uh disappointment as far as the jivas or the individuals the praja goes the subjects of any country and and for this reason it's a very i thought it would be a useful or an appropriate topic to study right now so that we can delve into the gita into the bhagavad gita to see what this crisis is all about and more importantly what is the resolution for this crisis how do we go about uh, you know healing from this from being subject to this crisis and so for these reasons i thought it would be a very um useful thing to talk about this uh, concept of leadership according to the bhagavad gita and uh, and so we are going to have about uh, i think a total of six classes they give a certain boost to one's study if one is studying regularly and uh, if one is uh, incapable of studying regularly then it is a short enough time to refamiliarize ourselves with the study and then get some you know get everything that one wanted out of regular study to just get it in in a short burst and so you know so these are all uh, these are all wonderful ways to keep in touch with uh, with the shastra and uh, also uh, get a little recharged just like you have to plug in the phone 
for a certain number of hours and then after that the battery goes up and the phone you can use again to do your uh, business and the phone does everything now you know it may not make coffee yet but it tells you where to go so like this for where to go for the nearest cup of coffee it will tell you so like this you know uh, if we juxtapose whatever the phone does to the status of the individual so same thing there is need to you know uh, plug the person into the source you plug the phone into the the, the source and the source is the electricity that that charges the phone and then it is fresh ready to use again and so too when when the mumukshu the seeker of freedom jigyasu the desirer of knowledge and the individual who is who is floundering or worried about uh, the crisis of leadership that individual you know is is plugged into the source and the source is bhagavan and the outlet is the bhagavad gita <laughs> bhagavad gita is the little outlet you know yeah and it's a universal outlet not like our outlets you know if you go from country to country you need some adapters funny looking outlets will be there funny means because you don't recognize it that's why funny for the people in that country that is the that is how the outlet should look like but for you you need you, you think it's funny ha 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 it's like this it's like uh, it looks funny but then you have to take out one adapter and then put that here we don't need an adapter because it's a universal outlet the source which is the you know which leads you or connects you to the source and that outlet the name of this outlet is the bhagavad gita and every outlet has you know two or three uh, little prongs you know like little holes where the prongs go let's say there are two generally we see two only in big electronic devices you have to have the third one that grounding one but otherwise you have two little holes in each outlet and so to this bhagavad gita is an outlet with two main trajectories that help you to connect with the source one is called brahma vidya brahma vidya means the teaching that that expounds elucidates the oneness of everything and reveals the fact that you who thought were alienated from the whole are indeed one with the source are indeed one with the whole and the whole being nothing but bhagavan you are connected to bhagavan nay you are bhagavan so that is the first uh, you know hole in this uh, in this two hole outlet and what is the second one you know the second one is a treatise on how to get there a way of life brahma vidya and then yoga shastra yoga shastra means 
the the study of uh, how to lead a lifestyle that is in keeping with the goal of understanding and assimilating this oneness this limitlessness this truth of who you are how to get there because it's easy to say you are bhagavad what does that do for me nothing because you know the first thing i have is a disagreement my hand goes up i said no 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 i'm not bhagavad i'm nothing but bhagavad i'm not i'm everything else uh, sorry i'm everything else but bhagavad i can't be bhagavad how can i be bhagavad bhagavad is all pervasive bhagavad is all i am small bhagavad is god i at best am odd bhagavad is the cause i am at best because so how can i be the cause i can't be bhagavad and so therefore this that the, the very fact that one is you know incredulous at best when this knowledge is presented shows that there is a resistance or a block to this knowledge and so therefore there is some way i need to prepare myself to get there so the second uh, you know hole in this universal outlet called the bhagavad gita which connects one to the source is what is the way of life called yoga shastra so these comprise the two topics in the bhagavad gita brahma vidya the knowledge of brahman brahman means that limitless truth of oneself as bhagavan the the interconnectedness of everything you know and that everything is resolved into one thing which is the self which is you and so and that self upon that self is projected the the concept of everything all names and forms ensue from this self and are sustained by this self and resolve into this self not the self that is whining all the time that is the self from the standpoint of the body mind sense complex but here we are talking of the self as chidatma consciousness so from, so it is sustained by that consciousness just like the every wave comes out of the ocean is sustained by the ocean resolves into the ocean and from the standpoint of the ocean the wave has name and form so and and the wave is not an independent entity so to this entire jagat is just a projection of this consciousness so that is brahma vidya and you are that consciousness you are that bhagavan that is brahma vidya and then we have what is called the the yoga shastra meaning how to get there <laughs> how do i get there you know because i'm incredulous i don't understand all this and uh, I, i i i want this yes but when i look at myself who are you 5 feet so many inches tall who are you i'm the son of so and so daughter of so and so who are you i am the brother and sister of so and so who are you i am the ceo of this particular company or i wa- i'm wanting to be the ceo of this particular company who are you you know i am bald what does bald mean <laughs> 
Baal means I'm defining my myself but with the help of a non-existent bunch of hair that I don't have. <laughs> that is why I define myself as bald. I'm old. I'm young. I'm a man. I'm a woman. Or I'm in between. I'm transgendered. And then what else, you know? And sometimes, you know, they don't even, they, 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 there's a new, uh, what is that? There's a new, two, three new statements. Gender fluid and uh, gender queer, all these things are there. So I'm, you know, I am this, I am that. And all these identities based on certain, you know, dharmas or attributes of the body-mind complex. So, or one's occupation, one's relationships, sister, brother, father, mother, son, spouse, grandfather, grandchild, all these things. The whole gamut of relationships becomes an important way of identifying oneself. And then what? Then, you know, we have another identification based on occupation. Who are you? How are you? Usually when we meet somebody, and what's the next question? How do you do? And then, what's the next question? What do you do? Huh? Without that, we can't have a conversation. Then that's why teacher, lawyer, this, that, you know, all these definitions ensue forth. And these definitions, ways of defining my identity, become blocks in understanding myself as that which is the truth of everything. Yeah. They become blocks because I am, I am attached or involved to these identities. I am involved with these identities so much. I am attached to these identities so much that I am not able to let go of them. I want to have them. And because they, you know, they give me a certain security. Yeah? Especially, you know, certain basic identities like one's gender gives one a sense of security. Not only does your own gender give you a sense of security, but the other people's gender also you need to know in order to have a certain security. And then, you know, they, they, this is, there is a famous sociological experiment by this uh, sociologist by the name of Garfinkel. And this Garfinkel, what he did, he set up a kind of an experiment. You know, a usual, uh, you know, our usual everyday experience of going to the shop, you know, just a mom-pop store or some kind of a, a 7-Eleven type shop, you know, where you can uh, get whatever suddenly is needed. Uh, and uh, it, it's open at odd hours. It opens, you know, early, closes late, that kind of a shop in a kind of a middle-sized town. And what he did was he approached the shopkeeper, uh, the owner, and said, uh, got some permission to install a cashier who was very gender fluid and who did not look like either a man or a woman, you know. And everything was just always in between. The hair was long enough, you know, for a woman's style, hairdo, and it was, you know, short enough for a man. The clothes were again 
very gender fluid you know jeans and t-shirt everybody can wear that the figure was also very gender fluid you know there was no very hardly any identification identificatory characteristics when you look at the body of the person because the body was kind of slender a little slender to be uh, a man and a little tough looking to be a woman and the voice was also not too high you know for a, a woman and not too low for a man so it was all in between and then he just put that that kind of a gender fluid cashier and you know this being like a mom and pop store there was only one person in the whole store who was in charge of the whole store and then he just watched and took notes from some kind of an undisclosed location and what was he recording he was recording the uh, reactions of the various shoppers who came in and went out in the course of the day so in the beginning he found that people did not notice the cashier because when you go to the shop you are intent on buying something you are not going to notice the cashier when do you notice the cashier one notice the ca- cashier only when one go- goes up to pay for something and at that time you know people got mad because they did, they could not tell whether it was a man or a woman and this was in the, done in the 70s before the word uh, trans you know trans identity was you know so much uh, politicized and it you know and had started to have a valid place in discussion of all kinds and decision making and uh, you know and um, on the on the political arena before this was you know talked about it was not publicized at all and so you know the people were extremely agitated he found the shoppers and you know and they would go and sometimes they would be so agitated that they would just leave whatever they had purchased so you know uh, the researcher trying to Uh, accomplish trying to accomplish uh, the fact that if you don't know the gender of the person that you are speaking with you know there is this fundamental way in which you yourself get agitated because your own gender is uh, almost called into question and so gender is something he said he he concluded it's relational one does one's gender in 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 groups in connection to others and then one receives a certain validation uh, after you know uh, contacting others and doing one's gender in a in a in a cultural or a social setting and so why are we talking about this we are talking about this because there is a certain you know uh, way in which this uh, 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 this whole way uh, in which one positions oneself with regard to uh, the gender identity and that becomes like a fundamental identity a fundamental identity that's why the names of sanyasis are are unisex everything ends with ananda <laughs> yeah this ananda that ananda and you know beyond ananda there is one cartoonist who named himself swami beyond ananda i don't know what is beyond ananda <laughs> so it's like saying beyond limitlessness but anyhow i think it's a it's a touch of humor there so like this you know these uh, identities become so entrenched 
that one is unable to unable to go beyond that unable to appreciate uh, the truth of oneself which the bhagavad gita which is like an upanishad fyi has got to teach the bhagavad gita has has got something to say and if i have to listen i have to be available and if i have to be available there is a certain little bit of prep work that needs to be done and that prep work is called yoga shastra so the two together these two trajectories or uh, you know uh, and ways of uh, you know coming together to this oneness for namely the first the dissemination of the knowledge of oneness and then the uh, of one the identity of the jiva with bhagavan the establishment of that the unfolding of that knowledge side by side with the way of life needed to to be conducive to this knowledge you know together make the bhagavad gita and so therefore you know this is this is uh, uh, this is an outlet in which one has to plug into and i have to be a proper plug i have to have those two prongs and the two prongs means the openness to receive the connection the openness to enter the outlet and to receive the connection with the source so therefore i have to have that openness to enter the bhagavad gita that is the outlet <laughs> ha and we have uh, a beautiful uh, you know uh, saying a prayer in the in one of the upanishads upanishad tantva bhaga pravisha nisvaha sama bhaga pravisha swaha oh lord may i enter into you hey bhaga hey bhagavan may i enter into into you pravishani may i enter into you completely sama bhagat pravisha swaha you may you in the form of om omkara here omkara upasana is being talked about may you in the form of this om which is uh, you know a representation a pratika uh, uh, of bhagavan may you enter into me it's a very beautiful prayer so bhagavan entering into you means what <laughs> there is no room for you that's all it means <laughs> bhagavan being everything you know just like that uh, you know the dwarf who pretended to be a dwarf vishnu pretended to be a dwarf and went and got uh, tried to get bhiksha from this egotistical king and so you know and he said i just want three footsteps of land this is what i want for bhiksha and the king laughed you know look at you you are 2 2 foot 6 uh, inches and your you know your foot probably is uh, you know not even 6 inches and then you know 4 inch uh, long foot and 3 feet you want take take wherever suddenly this dwarf this dwarf grows mahavishnu mahavishnu means all pervasive there is no place where he is not one foot covers the universe another foot covers the you know everything one foot covers the earth another foot covers the antriksha the, uh, the whole universe and the space is in between and then he says where to put the third foot now and bhaga the king knows the king bali knows 
you know this is this is a great blessing to have this darshan and so says okay put the third foot on my head and he sends him to the netherland <laughs> Uh, yeah, not Netherlands. <laughs> Netherlands, Patala Loka. Okay? Yeah. So, don't try to, when you go to Amsterdam, don't look for King Bali because that's not where he is. It's a different Netherlands. Nether means the, the, some kind of a understanding of below. That's, that's the whole idea. Below means a, metaphorically a place of acceptance and Surrender. This is what it is. So this all-encompassing knowledge has the power to alter me, provided I have the proper prongs. I have to develop the proper prongs in order to plug into the outlet. That's what I have to do. And it's plugged in simultaneously. It's not like first I will study Brahma Vidya, then I will study Yoga Shastra. No. Together it is unfolded. It's a package deal. Together it is unfolded. Very, very beautiful. And so these identities, you know, uh, have to be queried and even given up, suspended in order to gain this knowledge. And so if Bhagavan <laughs> enters me, you know, this outlet means nothing but connect, entering the source. So if I enter Bhagavan, there is again that I as an entity is, is, is one with Bhagavan. So if Bhagavan is everything, where am I? If Bhagavan enters me, again the same thing. This should not be a cause for fright. There is nothing to be frightened about. This should be a cause for uh, a certain, uh, what is that, contentment. Because one is sick of being, feeling lonely, being, uh, you know, alone be feeling abandoned and these insecurities you know go in the light of this prayer tantva bhagat pravishani swaha sama bhagat pravisha swaha this is what the whole thing is and so in that same spirit uh, we pray to enter into the bhagavad gita to enter into this goddess ashtadashadhyayinim this 18 armed goddess you know the 18 armed goddess who is ready to receive me, I enter into her through this, you know, small, uh, what is that? Through this verse, 3.21, chapter 3, verse 21. Through the, We use the verse as a medium to enter into the Bhagavad Gita and to allow myself to allow the heat of samsara to be cooled, cooled off by entering into this, this placid and cool shastra that has the ability to immediately quell the tapa and the papa of, of daily existence. This daily grind, you know, that is, that is what the whole thing is. So let us just look at the verse and then you know we can we could there's a lot to talk about say it's a verse that is very full and uh, so we will see where it leads us yadyadacharatishreshtha tattadevetarojanaha 
சயத்பிரமாணம் குருதே லோகஸ்ததனு வர்த்ததே திஸ் இஸ் தி திஸ் இஸ் தர்ஷ் யத் ஆச்சரதி ஸ்ரேஷ்டிஸ்ரிட்டன்ஸ்ட் like that so that's a particular um particular uh, way of looking at it you know particular expression so yadyad aacharati shreshtah yadyad aacharati whatever a person does what kind of a person person we have to supply it's not there in this particular you know in in yadyad aacharati whatever a person does you know and who is this person the person here is given a, uh, a, a, a an adjective an epithet shreshtah whatever a shreshtha does shreshtha means an exalted person an important person ah. shreshtha is not refraff yeah shreshtha means a very important person so yadyat whatever acharati does an important person does tat tat that alone and tat uh, tat eva that alone you know itaro janaha you know itaraha janaha the another person also follows saha saha here means that shreshtha it refers to shreshtha not the itara itara jana saha means that shreshtha he or she yat pramanam kurute whatever they set down as a series of ideals that govern their actions or their behaviors so however they in other words however they behave and the behavior is not bereft of uh, beliefs so whatever their beliefs are whatever is uh, um, fueling their actions whatever the thinking is which fuels their action sayat pramanam kurute that is the, the meaning of the word pramana here is whatever is causing them to behave in certain ways sayat pramanam kurute lokaha here the praja the whole gamut of people not just in one country but in the whole universe lokaha wherever whatever kinds of people wherever they are lokaha also means world so the people in the whole world or we can even say the world of people anovartate and here it's a collective singular janaha collective singular lokaha collective singular people so people is you know plural by nature so like that i mean it's singular but it's plural so it's like that it's singular but we be uh, you know refer to a body of um, you know a body of uh, uh, individuals known as people janaha people same thing and so here it's a collective singular so lokah tad anuvartate that's why it's in the singular so the people also follow 
so everyone follows what do they follow the shreshtha shreshtha means what the an important person so the important person is is worthy of being followed <laughs> according to the people and whatever the important person does or believes or the belief which the which powers the actions of the important uh, people along with their actions and the beliefs are taken up by everyone else yeah very interesting verse very very interesting words coming right in the middle of the third chapter it comes in the third chapter as a as a Uh, uh, you know i mean and i'll talk about its placement little uh, later it's a very very important uh, you know uh, turning point as a turning point to uh, to to take on what is called a certain agency because this verse is offered to arjuna by bhagavan krishna and arjuna has got a crisis of agency and a crisis of leadership is a crisis of agency the crisis of leadership is a crisis of agency because i don't know what to do i don't know where to turn i don't know who to go after i don't know where i should look and so therefore it's a crisis of sorts because it is it is having to do with the gamut of actions that are there in front of me to which i have access but those actions seem to be fraught with pain sorrow fear and therefore i don't want those actions but then what do i do this is this is what in a way is a crisis it's a crisis of identities as well as a crisis of leadership especially if one is in a leadership role and if one is not in a leadership role it's still a crisis because you know whatever i do may impact and frequently does others around me and so who do i follow what do i how do i you know how do i go about it and so you know arjuna has 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 a crisis of agency because he is confronted in this very difficult and horrible war what is this war an unwanted battle a battle of egos very very unwanted battle where where you you know where he is you know forced to go against what he calls his own people drashtvevam svajanam krishna svajanam that is the thing that same jana that svajana my own people seeing them you yutsam you yutsum samupasthitam here they are all present for this battle sidanti mama gatrani my i become feverish and my hands and legs are shaking i have come under a crisis i'm having a panic attack because all logic tells me that one should not fight one's own people 
everything in the world is telling me that that i must not go against my own people 